You're listening to Null and Void with Tony Grundy and Andy Callahan, a For the Now media production. Well, hello, and as ever, a big welcome to the Null and Void sports podcast. After all the excitement of last week's 50th episode, it's probably not too surprising for you to learn that you're now listening to episode 51. So apart from that stunning piece of arithmetic, we've got a superb range of sports stories and two brilliant guests. My name's Tony Grundy. And mine's Andy Callahan. So Andy, I presume last weekend you were absolutely take it easy after your 100k efforts the week before. Exactly, Tony. Yeah, it was uh, sofa and I think I've picked up RSI on my thumb from using <laughs> the remote control to jump between all the rugby games that were on on Saturday. We'll talk about them in a bit more detail, but that was pretty much it. That and I, I think I'd promised the readers I was going to eat what I wanted. And that stretched to even the weird and wonderful uh, experiment that I found in my local corner shop down the end of the road. Cheddar cheese flavoured ice cream. I, I saw that on Facebook and I'm thinking, there's no hope for you. No hope. <laughs> I was utterly disappointed. It was closer to a um, a mascarpone or a cheesecake than something like a... Uh, a stinking bishop or a, a really good cheddar. So, uh, yeah, not much cheddar, more cheesecake and uh, very mild, quite sweet and no sort of hint of cheddar about it at all. I wanted a proper stinky cheddar and all I got was a uh, a, a, a medium mascarpone. Teach you to be greedy. <laughs> anyway, okay, well, my big thing, of course, was Friday night and Chichester City. Yeah, how did that go? That was the big reunion that obviously we had Greg on last week talking about it. Yeah, and it, it, so the actuality of that, yeah, it's it's quite something when you kind of look back on it, as I did on the Saturday. I didn't get home till about two o'clock in the morning, uh, having dirty stopout. Yeah, dirty stopout. Oh, also road closures on the M27. But anyway, that's another matter. But the the event was fantastic, and virtually all of the title winning team from that night, forty two years ago, were in attendance. It doesn't always happen in a title-winning team, and I've been in a couple, but the team spirit on this one was excellent at the time. And actually what was fascinating was within minutes, the discussions that were going on, the stories and, and, and the conversations, swapping insults and stories, just happened straight away. And it was lovely to see around the room. And, and obviously some of the things you've totally and utterly forgotten come back to haunt you. Um, but I, and I think it was a lovely atmosphere tinged with sadness, I would say, because there clearly were those people who could, for obvious reasons, no longer be with us. And But, you know, the, the, the thing about it was that there were also a couple of people who were definitely there who had various ailments. Two in particular I mentioned, Duncan Clough, who was our very much no-nonsense centre-half, has been struck down with muscular dystrophy. And Steve Miles, a squad member, who, whilst very alert, has MS and is confined to an electric wheelchair. A picture was actually taken on the pitch with us sitting as near as possible to the team picture from 79-80, obviously in our suits or whatever. And... and you know, so it was one of those and, and sitting, talking with a guy called Dave Eggleton, who was right next to me while these pictures were being taken. He said, do you remember that car you had? And I said, what? And he said, 
you know, that car, because I, I worked with a motors company called Huxford, and they gave me a Fiat Mir Fury Sport, and it was orange-coloured, and it was called the Flying Carrot, nicknamed, and it was really quick. And he, I said, yeah, yeah. And he said, you wouldn't believe the scraps that went on in the background to make sure they're in the car with you when we're driving to a game, because <laughs> they absolutely loved it, the lads. So it's little stories like that you think, yeah, where's that come from 42 years later? But brilliant. And um, great stories. Over £800 was raised for MS and MD through a, through a, a raffle and, and an auction. And everyone was given a commemorative programme with two the two teams shown from that night. Number 14 in the Southwick team was one Ralph Ragnick. Now, he wasn't in the team that night, and he certainly wouldn't be in my team now. But uh, more of that later. Enough said. <laughs> Enough said on that one. Okay, so what have you got? I've, I've got rugby next up. What have, you've got quite a bit on that, haven't you? I have indeed, yeah. As I said, Saturday and Sunday, I managed to uh, catch most of the games over the weekend. It was the uh, European Cup quarterfinals, so um, rugby's equivalent of the Champions League. Uh, four really good games. The Leinster against Leicester game at Welford Road. Um, I thought that was going to be a close affair and probably the best game of the weekend. Actually, Leinster blew Leicester away in the first half. Leicester fought well and it, it was a good game, um, but Leinster were just too good for it to be close. Uh, La Rochelle were superb in their win against Montpellier. I really fancy them for the title. I think they're going to do it this year. They they came close last year and lost out to Toulouse in the final. But with Ronan O'Gara as the head coach there, I really fancy them to do something special this year. Uh, Stade Francais beat Sale. And then in the game of the round, which I wasn't intending to watch the whole thing, I was going to dip in and out of it, that went to extra time and even to penalties, which is only the second time a rugby game has ever gone to, or professional rugby game, ever gone to penalties. Munster against Toulouse at the Avivia Stadium in Dublin. 45,000 there, absolutely lifting the roof off. Couldn't split the two sides. 24 all, three tries each at full time. Same at the end of extra time. Set went to kicks. And it just shows how pressure can affect things and that the players in rugby maybe aren't used to taking penalties in that pressure situation because to lose bang theirs over the monster ones i think one of them still hasn't landed yet um <laughs> it went very wide and uh and very high and uh yeah so monster lost out to lose um i'm not going to criticize the irish province too much for their penalty taking being an englishman we know how our uh, footballers have struggled with penalties over the years but yeah four great games so that means that the semi-finals we be to lose against leinster so the two teams have won it the most between them. Um, they'll be playing against each other in the semi. And the other semi is an all-French uh, affair, Stade Francais against La Rochelle. So looking forward to that one. I think that should be Jouet, Jouet, Jouet. So, uh, yeah, very much looking forward to that one. And then I also managed to catch the Rugby League. Um, mm. I didn't watch all of the two men's semifinals, but Wigan beat Saints to make it through to the uh, Challenge Cup final. And Huddersfield beat Hull Kingston Rovers. So I, I can never avoid saying Hull Kingston Rovers without doing it in the Eddie Waring. 
whole Kingston Rovers uh, <laughs> voice. So, uh, yeah. Um, so that's Wigan against Huddersfield in the final. But what I did really enjoy watching was the women's final. So Ellen Road, they had a record crowd for a women's game in England of uh, just under 6,000 there. It sounded like they had about three times that amount. They were absolutely making the uh, stadium rock. And it was a really close game, eight all for a lot of it. And then Saints scored two late tries to end up winning it 18-8, which meant they've won it now back-to-back Challenge Cups. But it was a cracking game. And as I say, the crowd, absolutely, when you heard them singing the Saints go marching in, really sounded like they're about five, six times that in the crowd there at the stadium. So, uh, yeah, really good games. So that was, yeah, I, I was in rugby heaven this weekend watching all those games. Good stuff. Good stuff. And full of good food by the sounds of it as well. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so my next thing, I got up on golf. This actually could have come under get a grip. Uh, I feel quite strongly about it because Everybody knows the Saudis are trying to buy their way into all sorts of sports. Golf, no exception. And very soon, there's to be a UK event in St Albans. And to make matters worse, Donald Trump's involved with some of the venues. So that makes it even worse as far as I'm concerned. But I think there are going to be 13 events taking place. And frankly, obscene amounts of money are being paid in appearance and performance prizes over the period. The latest player to ask for release from the PGA is Sergio Garcia. Surprise to some, but it's been rumoured for a while. He's joining people like Craig Norman, Phil Mickelson, Lee Westwood in signing up. And the rumours are there are more on the way. So what's wrong with that, you might say? If they're going to get loads more money, uh, they're professionals, fair dues. Yeah, but in Sergio Garcia's uh, case, he actually, in, in... sort of semi-announcing off mic uh, that he was going, looking for his release, actually was saying, I can't get off this tour, the PGA Tour, uh, which he's been part of for 20 years. Um, I can't get off this tour quick enough, having a real go at PGA golf. Now, there's all sorts of things you might say about PGA, but reality is, after 20 years of them creating a multi-million pound uh, lifestyle for him, Garcia. I think that shows a lack of dignity, to be honest, and uh, totally inappropriate. Not saying don't take the money, that's up to him, but do it in the right way and respect the people. And you never know, these things can come back to haunt you. Um, in a way, I almost hope they do for him. But it's, it's, it sport has a funny way of it coming back and biting you on the backside. You know, um, in the rugby side of things, we talked about it, and Chris Ashton, you know left sail under a cloud after falling out with the coach. A couple of clubs later, he's at Worcester. And who should turn up but the coach that he fell out with at at sail? And and lo and behold, Ashy was off down the road a couple of weeks later. So, uh, yeah, you know, these things always have a way of coming back and biting you. And um, so what's going to happen with the Ryder Cup team then? Does that mean Sergio would be ineligible to captain the Ryder Cup? You ask a very good question. And he was being lined up as captain. Um, but I think in view of the way that's been handled, I think that's most unlikely now. And there are more implications for, for golf as there are for other sports. But I just think it's the way of doing things more than anything that I'm talking about there. It's not so much the Saudi issue. It's an issue across lots of sports. And I would be saying to Garcia, just get a grip, mate. Do it properly if you're going to do it. 
Yeah, others will follow. Uh, next up on my list was cricket. The captain has spoken. Captain has spoken, yeah. He's um, talked about the fact that he wants Joe Root at number four and himself at number six. He thinks that's going to give a bit of stability. I mean, given the state of England's opening batsman at the minute, I mean, I don't think it matters where the Joe Root goes in at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven or eight. It will still be in within the first sort of 10 overs. Um, so, but actually, I think it's a, a good move to set his stall out early. What I really liked as well, you know, especially with it being Mental Health Awareness Week this week and the focus being on that, he's talked very openly about the challenges he's had with his mental health over the last 18 months and how he got support for that and what that support has done in terms of helping him. So I think you know it's fantastic that someone who's in such a position where you know he has that privilege to talk his his truth is able to share that and you know give sort of some openness and some pointers and also really again help reduce the stigma around mental health in terms of talking openly about it so I think it's fantastic that he's done that and then just to prove that the captaincy wasn't going to affect his game he went out for Durham at Chester Street and scored 100 off 68 deliveries including one over that was six 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 four and one of those sixes, I think, went out, ended up out on not just clearing the stand and clearing the nets behind the stand, but ended up then on the Chester Street High Street. So, uh, yeah, it was an absolute boomer of a shot. Yeah, I, I can't imagine what that's like. I mean, I used to be furious if somebody hit me for four when I was playing village cricket. Uh, for somebody to hit you for five sixes and, and, and a four. Presumably, he mishit the last one, but anyway, uh, um, that that would be destroy whoever that was for forever, I guess. But yeah, anyway, he, he, he as we said, he's a great all rounder, and I hope I hope it's going to work out for him. You know, we, we will see. You had contact from Lee Sport, didn't you, about Ironman? Yeah, so so Lee was uh, joined us last year, a, a few episodes ago now, but talked about his cycle across America. Um, some of our regular listeners might remember that one. Um, Lee is a great, him and his wife, both um, great sort of amateur Ironman competitors and have taken part in a number of different events and races around the globe. But he flagged up last week that it was going to be the uh, Ironman World Championships and the pros. So normally held at Kona in Hawaii because of coronavirus and things like that. This was actually, it being postponed from 2020 to 2021. It'd been moved from 2021 to 2022 and also moved from Kona to St. George in Utah. So, um, so Lee had flagged up that it was taking place. I did actually have it on my radar, but uh, yes, it was Saturday. It was the sort of delayed event brutally hot conditions and apparently the course was especially the bike course was fierce and then they came out of the transition from bike to run straight into a big hill and a couple of the athletes that I follow on social media had talked about just having nothing left in the tank or the legs when they were starting out on a marathon so you imagine you've 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 got nothing left in the tank and then you've got a marathon, 26.2 miles to run in searing, brutal Utah heat. So yeah. the race was actually won by Norwegian um, 
you wouldn't expect him to be so familiar with the searing heat being from Norway, but Christian Blumenfeldt, uh, and that was his first appearance at the World Championships. So a rookie World Championships appearance, and he's won it. And he also became the first man to win the Ironman World Championship and the Triathlon Olympic gold medal in the same year. So first man to do that, and only the second man in history to actually win both. So brilliant performance by him. In the women's race, Daniela Riff won her fifth title to go with the fifth half Ironman titles that she's got as well. Um, but second place was um, Kat Matthews from Britain. Um, and she got the silver, held off the reigning world champion in the run to take the silver. And the great thing is Kat Matthews, as well as being an Ironman competitor, is also an army physiotherapist. So in terms of, you know, sort of seeing that great link that I know the armed forces have with a lot of different sports and endurance sports in particular, great to see her doing so well and a, a really well-deserved silver medal. But yeah, I, I don't think anyone, Daniela Rift took the uh, took the lead midway through the bike. And after that, you know, people were fighting for silver and bronze. She, she wasn't going to get caught. Good result. Okay. Um, yeah, my final notes anyway on different sports was F1 and Miami. Verstappen overtaking Leclerc late on. That it seems to be very much those two carving it up, doesn't it? Yeah, I think Lewis Hamilton's more worried about his jewellery and what he is allowed to wear and not allowed to wear and uh, removing piercings from all, all, all places, both... Uh, Visible and apparently not so visible. <laughs> yeah, but I don't. I just doesn't bear thinking about. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah. But uh, he he was uh, six, wasn't he? And Russell was even ahead of him. So I don't. You know, they're a long way from anything really, aren't they, Mercedes? But um, so yeah, Verstappen and, and Leclerc seem to be um, the main guys this season. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, contacts. Um, one or two people had said about my event on Chichester City, that must be a fantastic event, including uh, Simon Cowlark was saying, must be really exciting. That was ahead of Friday night. Anyway, he sent me a note saying, um, and he was apologising because it was very last minute, so I've just managed to include it. Um, this week, has seen us schedule the games for the tournament. This is the one in September. The first games will kick off at 8.45, and the finals will be held at 12.45. A full-packed morning for the football players. This is already on a spreadsheet ready to go to the printers. The match programme, raffle tickets and signs are all being printed uh, by a company in uh, High Wycombe called Your Print Solutions. They're doing this for free of charge. Absolutely amazing. So that's another boost for the amount of money they can raise for research Brilliant. myeloma. Also this week, we've had a few local companies wanting to advertise in the actual programme. So far, that's uh, uh, Flowwell uh, Construction, 442 Logistics, and that lovely stuff, that's a retail shop in Washington, and H.J. Dennison Plumbing, Plumbing and Heating in Goring. So... That's Simon's update for this week. Well done. You're doing a great job there, mate. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Keep it going. So, Tony, how about we go to our first guest? Okay, last week we had the general manager of Maple Durham, Mark Dixon, 
as a guest on Null and Void, as you know. Great piece it did. This week, we've got the wellness manager, somebody you actually know already. It's Sarah Kirkham, who's been a guest on a number of times before in her own right. Welcome back, Sarah. We're always delighted to hear from you. But tonight, we wanted to focus on a new initiative that you're masterminding and to assist people with their mental health as well as their physical health has become a big topic of conversation in a lot of places and in national, uh, um, in a week when the whole country, the world is looking at mental health issues. Um, we thought it would be great to get you along to tell us about this initiative. What exactly is happening? Welcome first off, Sarah. How are you doing? I'm really good, thank you. And it's always a pleasure to be invited on. So thank you for having me back. It's really nice to be here. Excellent. Well, I, I'm saying that it's an initiative here uh, that you're kind of masterminding for the for the club. What exactly are you doing and, and why? Um, it's an initiative that's actually been run through the whole group of our clubs. So not just here at Maple Durham, but through the whole group. Um, and basically it's an initiative, as you quite rightly said, it's Mental Health Awareness Week this week. So we really wanted to kind of have a feeling of people being included, um, kind of combat loneliness and just provide a forum and opportunities for people to generally just come together and chat. And it doesn't have to be about anything specific, but we're just kind of reaching out and kind of opening the doors and saying, we are here and, um, we're, we, you know, it's always really nice to have a conversation and see if we can, you know, kind of bring people together um, in terms of making new connections and new friendships within the gym as well. Mm. Sounds fantastic, Sarah. What's the what's the response been so far? I know we're only on uh, day two of Mental Health Awareness Week, but what's the response been from your members and other people that have heard about this? It's been really good, to be honest, Andy. And like today, I particularly have really enjoyed one of our initiatives, which is booking a um, personal one-to-one, just wellness chat consultation with any one of the, the wellness team or indeed other people within the club and I've spent um what eight hours on shift from early this morning through to late afternoon and it's just really nice to learn a little bit more about our members and have a conversation which loosely is connected to health and fitness but really goes that little bit further into you know people and their hobbies and their passions and just generally just checking in with each other which I think when we have such busy lives we sometimes kind of lose sight of the importance of doing that you know I think during Covid times when we were in lockdown we were very mindful of checking in with people and then suddenly kind of life has come back to this pace again where we go 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 and we kind of lose sight of that importance of checking in with people so it's been so far really well received um and i love to chat anyway so it's just been a really great day of just really um yeah just finding out about more about people which is really nice oh fantastic so from a practical point of view you know how, how is it for me it's an interesting question to ask which is how do you judge the success of that and what basis would you judge success i mean you you've got this week but i presume things are going to go on afterwards as well how do you judge success on something like this? It's quite interesting you ask that conversation because we have put in place a number of initiatives and kind of like little events, if you wish, um, if, for want of a better word. 
of things that we are doing to encourage this communication. And so many people have said, gosh, it would be great if we did this on a regular basis. So I think a measure of success will be we managed to check in with how many of those meaningful connections we managed to make um, and then how we see that energy continue and how we can kind of bring friendships together and then continue those things that are, that are popular on I would say at least a monthly basis if not a weekly basis within the gym within the whole club actually not just in the gym. I think that's fantastic because so many people sort of do a big push mental health awareness week I've seen it with so many organizations and then actually they forget about it for the other 51 weeks of the year. So the fact you've got something that's ongoing, I think is great because, you know, as we all know, mental health isn't just something that happens to people for one week a year. It is something that can be throughout the year. So I think, I think that's great that you're looking at these sort of ongoing weekly, maybe, but definitely monthly events. Yeah. I think we've become, a, I, I, I don't know, in my opinion, I feel like we've become better at talking. I feel like we've become better at expressing our feelings maybe that again is something if we kind of look back over the last 18 months to two years that people have really been encouraged to do and whilst we've been in these unprecedented times that have kind of made it all so important it it's almost like the stigma kind of has has become less and now it's more acceptable and more open to to say how you feel and if you're not having a great day to actually verbalize that and you know that there are people you know there are friends there are colleagues um and people around who are just really willing to to chat and just kind of lend an ear and a little bit of support which i think is really nice sarah if you if from doing this and i'm sure you know it's going to help a lot of people in in lots of different ways but let's say somebody came forward who you know you hadn't anticipated but it it clearly there are bigger problems there let's say how do you refer that on or who do you refer that on to within the group have you got resources you can plug into beyond the club itself we certainly do and i know as an internal capacity so the things that we do for our you know our immediate staff members we do have um a process that we can go through um because you know we're, we're experts in health and fitness, but not experts in mm. the mental health, which is obviously a very complex area. So for our staff, we certainly have, um, you know, procedures in place and a support group that's available. And um, also, I think as health professionals and as an organisation, we do have access to other organisations where we can pass on kind of <laughs> excuse me advice and you know kind of almost signposts into the correct sort of direction should that be an appropriate course of action so it's an initiative obviously for the group but when uh, mark or i presume mark came and said this is what we're going to be doing and i want you to kind of pull it together were you excited by that challenge Absolutely. It's always nice. It's, it's just great to have a focus in the gym as well, in the club itself. It's um, it's suddenly become a really busy time for us, which is really great to see, you know, with more events being booked, more golf being played, more competitions. And just generally, there's quite a buzz in the club. And it, it feels like that sense of normality is kind of coming back. So to have something that we can focus on, to now be able to say we can run a coffee morning without having to say, well, you must stay two metres away and you can sit down and be served it's really lovely to have that almost that sense of normality and 
come back to the, the sense of community because I think that is something that we really pride ourselves on, particularly in our club. It's quite a small club if you compare it to other clubs in our group and the other health clubs in the, the area. But the thing we pride ourselves on is that sense of community and belonging, you know, knowing people's names, knowing maybe their spouse's names, the children's names, if they're a dog person, a cat person, um, and kind of, you know, bringing the little pockets I think, as you know, Tony, there's lots of little groups also that form for kind of one one kind of area or another. So it's just lovely to bring those people together and just kind of, yeah, just get back to a little bit of normality. So it is exciting and it's a really nice buzz. It's really nice to do. So I think that's another reason it's been quite well received as well. And I think that, that adds a fantastic layer on top of, you know, if you think about the benefits to mental health of fitness, which is sort of like the, the prime uh, reason of the club and all the other things you're doing absolutely amazing but I mean certainly from personal experience you know I was diagnosed what 11 12 years ago with depression and anxiety and I didn't want to go down the tablets route I'd seen what that did to uh, people uh, you know it's right for some people I didn't feel it was right for me but definitely as well as sort of support of friends and family that having a gym to go to an exercise regime to follow that really helped me so I think you know as you say Sarah the two things are giving people a, a center of focus you know where they can mix with others and meet with others but then also the physical benefits the, oh sorry the mental health benefits that physical exercise can bring as well I think the two together is a really potent mix yeah I mean it's um it's great for you to also you know vocalize you know your diagnosis those years ago and how you kind of moved forward through that process um and I think that will that will give people listening quite a lot of comfort to hear you say that well and yeah I mean I think also there's a danger when you work in the health and fitness industry of this feels comfortable to many of us that you know I walk around in gym gear and I think I it doesn't I'm not intimidated to go into the weights area in the gym but I think there's a whole confidence thing around even walking into a club, never mind walking through the gym doors or coming into a studio class. So I think if we can have that sense of community and bring people together, form friendships, um, <laughs> excuse me, one of the things that we have done is a buddy up scheme. So we're kind of saying, fancy trying something, but you don't want to go it alone. Just grab, grab a member of staff, we'll do it with you. Or maybe we can kind of, grab one of our other members who's a little bit more experienced and they'll kind of you know stand with you and make you hopefully give you that feeling of feeling a little bit more confident and comfortable so I think once we can get people feeling more comfortable more confident and comfortable then that's only going to kind of encourage people to kind of maybe spend more time on their physical health which then as you quite rightly say really filters through to the positive effects um, of mental health. Yeah, I think it's a really good initiative and, I, and I'm delighted that you, you've got the responsibility of putting it together in your relatively new role as wellness manager. You're, you're enjoying the extra responsibilities you've now got? Yeah, I really am. Um, you know me, I live, breathe, everything, health and fitness. So I feel like I'm really in my element, to be honest. It's, um, it's nice to have uh, an extra challenge. Um, so I'm really enjoying it, thank you. Really, really enjoying it. Good. Uh, what, what we're mindful of tonight is, I think in a few minutes, you've got a class you've got to get to, and we're, you've spared the time to be with us tonight, but we thought it was a very important thing for a, a broader public, as it were, to 
be aware of and we wish you well with it, not just this week, but ongoing, as we've said. And just to touch on the fact that we'll talk to you again about the various challenges you've set yourself to do that uh, our dear listener will be aware of from previous interviews to see how you're doing. But my my understanding of that is it's going incredibly well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I um, I found myself in a, in a really positive place, to be honest. And this can also translate into how it affects your mental health mm-hmm. but, um, doesn't matter how you know I mean I've been up since five o'clock this morning and I've had a really busy day at work and you could feel tired or make excuses to not put the runners on tonight and go out and do a few miles but gosh how it makes you feel to be out in the fresh air and you know kind of the nights are getting a little bit lighter and that sense of achievement of what the human body can actually achieve and how great it just makes you feel mentally I mean, I've also got four children. So going out for a run is really lovely escapism. <laughs> it, it's going really well. I'd love to update you at some point. But again, I've found so many positive benefits to the challenges that I've been doing. And, and it isn't just physical. It's definitely mental as well. So I'm a, a massive advocate of physical activity to assist in your kind of mental health as well. It's um, The two are really closely linked. It's a key message, Sarah. We appreciate you being with us tonight. And obviously, yeah, you're more than welcome as a guest to come back and update us on your various challenges as those dates get a bit closer, don't they? Yeah, it's a little bit scary. Every time I speak to you, they're getting closer and closer. And (laughs) and interestingly, the the thing that was going to be the big thing in June has suddenly become a little bit of a small thing with the other things that we've kind of committed. And so, um, but in the... Well, that, that's, that's a tease That'll for, for next time. We'll keep that for next time, yeah? <laughs> Embracing everything mental health. I'm about to go and get some zen into my life and, and take uh, some yoga practice for the next 55 minutes. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Amazing. Girl. Star mm-hmm. girl, Sarah. Lovely speaking to you. See you later. Bye. Really guys, take Thanks care. Thanks a lot, Sarah. Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks very much, Sarah. Absolutely brilliant as ever. Really good initiative from the club there. Looking forward to hearing more about your exploits on the challenge that you're doing. Brilliant again, wasn't you? Absolutely fantastic. And I think I I love the fact that, you know, we had Mark on last week talking about the various things that the club are doing beyond just the sport and fitness side of things. And I think, you know, to see them taking such a lead in connecting people and the the sort of support around mental health and especially as the focus for this week mental health awareness week is about loneliness and Sarah talked about how you know they are bringing people together to help overcome that I think it's great what they're doing and how they're doing it so yeah you know and I love the fact that they're looking at it as a long-term thing not just a let's focus on it for this one week like we talked about you know, many, many, many organisations do a big push this week and tie it in and say, yeah, aren't we great? We're doing this stuff for Mental Health Awareness Week. And then they forget about it for the other 51 weeks of the year. So the fact that Sarah was saying about what they're looking to do on a, a monthly basis at minimum, I think that's absolutely superb. Yeah. Excellent. Well, always when we have a, a great first guest, the dilemma is, what should we do next? Well, follow up with a great second guest, I think, and it's another of our regulars, a regular returnee, um, because as we get into the final lap of the football season with teams starting to do 
Devon Lock impersonations as we go, then I think it's only right that we get our football correspondent, Billy Carr, back in to talk us through some of the key happenings over the last couple of weeks and to see where he thinks the final couple of weeks will go in terms of as we get into what uh, Sir Alec Ferguson often called trophy time as well as squeaky bum time. So uh, to talk us through who's going to have the squeaky bums and who's going to have the trophies, Billy Carr. Hey guys, how are are we? You all right? Are you good? Yes, very well. Thank you. Very well. What a great time to come back and talk to us. There's just so much. Where, do we want to, where, where should we start? Premier League? Oh, why not? Why not? Okay. What, what's your thinking there? Because there's crucial games even this week, but, um, you know, after, after uh, Liverpool at Spurs a weekend, that was the first sign of any kind of weakness. I mean, mm. Mr. Klopp, Mr. Klopp wasn't too pleased, but do you think that's done it or have we still got more to do? Yeah, it, w- it would seem they've blinked first, wouldn't it? Um, I I actually thought it was kind of done already because I couldn't see City losing again anyway. Uh, and I know they may have drawn and whatever, but I just, I, well, I couldn't see them dropping points. I remember I said, I said on the last podcast that I could see them both drawing uh, and then winning out for the rest of the season. And it's, it's almost happened. Obviously, Liverpool have dropped two points, but I, I genuinely can't see any anything else being dropped by City, to be honest. So I think, it, although you know, it's not done yet, and there will be twists and turns, I'm sure. I just, I just can't see City losing it now, especially now they've got nothing else to focus on. So if the fat lady's not quite singing yet, she's certainly doing her vocal exercises and warming up her vocal cords. Is that what you're saying? I think so. I think she's yeah, most of the way through that warm up and uh, yeah, getting getting ready, getting getting game face on. <laughs> Good stuff. I mean, so that's so City to win, Liverpool second. Uh, let's switch to the other end for for a moment to mm-hmm. relegation. Because that, in a way, could go to last kick of last game, couldn't it? Mm. Let it really before could. we get into that, let me just wind you back, guys, to very early on in the season. And I think Tony and Billy both had Newcastle and Burnley nailed on as one of the relegation spots to go with Watford and Norwich. So, uh, well, I, I, actually, yeah. you'd already written your resignation speech. You were, you were out of it. You were, <laughs> never mind us. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we, we were already actually, followed the lead. I actually <laughs> felt quite talked into it, to be honest. So, um, so. <laughs> but to yeah. be fair, I mean that, we, that was pre-Saudi millions. I mean, you know, it, it then what, what a few, what a few, few sort of a uh, um, shakes millions can add to the add to the uh, bank balance and to the uh, the performance. I mean, yeah, you know, Newcastle. I think Billy pointed out to me on a uh, on a WhatsApp message that you know up till the other week, uh, if Newcastle had had that form through the year, then uh, they'd have been second to Liverpool. Um, you know, since Christmas, it would be Liverpool first, Newcastle second. Now, I know if 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 some butts were toffee and nuts, we'd all have a wonderful Christmas. But <laughs> you know, that would be the uh, case. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's been some great recruitment there as well. Let's not forget that. Um, so you know, we very much at the beginning of the season, based on what we saw, I don't think we were far wrong. Uh, but obviously, things change, and uh, and someone did have a wonderful Christmas. Um, 
in terms of recruitment at least. Uh, and yeah, they look a completely different team now. Um, so fair play, fair play. I would say that we did we did call that uh, there was uh, there'd be two of the promoted teams that go down, and they are down, and one that would remain, and that's happened. So that's pretty good going. But yeah. as for the last pl- as for the final place of who's going, I mean, your guess is as good as mine at the moment. Everyone keeps looking looking like they're down, and then winning the game or two, and then everyone gets drawn back into it. I mean, I thought that like. It, it was looking like 30, mid-30s in terms of points was going to see you safe. And all of a sudden, you've got teams on 40 sort of looking over their shoulder thinking, hang on a second. I mean, uh, 40 so, yeah, used to be great. the magical benchmark, mm-hmm. didn't it? You know, teams used to say, if you can get to 40 points, you're going to stay up. But yeah, this year it might, it, it's, it's going to be close to 40. Yeah, I do still think 40 is going to be enough. Um, but just the way it's gone... Like every time you think someone's someone's done and down and out, they 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 get back up again. Like the one you're looking at at the moment is Leeds, who look completely done. And but then you look at the way they finished their game against Arsenal, and um, if they start the next game playing like they did with eleven players on the field, who knows? They might grab a win, and then it's Burnley back in it, Everton back in it. Although Everton do look pretty good all of a sudden as well. So. I, for that last place, I think that's going right down to the wire, and that's going to be very, very interesting on that final weekend. I think mm-hmm. it could even be crucial in terms of goal difference. And if you look mm. at that, then Leeds have got the biggest problem if it comes down mm. to that. Uh, mm. Yeah, you know their, their their goal difference is very poor. Well, so, if it comes down to uh, discipline as well, which I know it does do, if you go far enough along the. Uh, Thing I'm sure it comes down to discipline if it ever gets that far, really? and they've got terrible discipline as well. I think so. I think I, it would never happen because there's like goals scored, goals like all, all that stuff. I'm sure there's discipline plays a part, and if it oh, does, yeah. they're screwed. I mean, it <laughs> yeah, might be wrong. Must get to then like how many corners taken or something, you know? Yeah, so like, <laughs> yeah, you know, goal different points, goal mm. difference. And then is it goals for then goals against? So that yeah, might then be something might... I've. Re- that may well be something I've remembered wrong or something that's changed in more recent times, but that's something that's in my head somehow. But yeah, it does raise the point that their discipline's been absolutely woeful this year. I mean, there must yeah. come a point where it, it comes down to if everything was equal, is it tossing yes. a coin or drawing lots? Because mm. that's that's what they used to do in the in the World Cup. I remember, I know mm. I'm not old enough to remember this, Billy, but Italia 90, where uh, Ireland just went through ahead of Egypt on the drawing of lots. Mm. I think it'd be a playoff now. To be fair, it's a play. I, I read in that wonderful uh, uh, paper, The Sun, a, a, a thing today saying, "Could it be that the Premier League will end up on same points, same goal difference? Because there's not that much between them. Mm. In case there would be one big playoff game, that would be amazing. Just, just something else. But uh, yeah, so no, I." I what about um, FA Cup? Because that's coming up as well. What's your thinking there? Both, um, I, both male and female, by the way. Yeah, um, I make uh, Liverpool massive favourites in the men's one. Chelsea look like they're in a spot above us uh, at the moment. And they're almost looking over. I'm, I'm almost looking. If Arsenal weren't playing Tottenham this week, I'd be very worried as a Chelsea fan that I wasn't going to end up in the top four. It's yeah. only that they play each other, so therefore one of them has to drop points or both. Um, that 
I'm a lot less worried for them. But if they're very quickly like getting caught by both Arsenal and Tottenham, and I'd be I'd be worried. But uh, so yeah, I can't see anything but uh, but a Liverpool winning that one. Um, and as far as the women's go, again, uh, on the other side of things, uh, Chelsea obviously just won the league, massive momentum. Um, Emma Hayes is an absolute beast. I love yeah. her so much. Um, and I, I just think they'll win it. I, win, I think they'll win it at Canter. I don't think Manchester City are as strong as they were. Um, yeah, and I, I can only see that being the result. Um, but love to be proven wrong and or be just excited by two what should be two great finals. Mm. I mean... You mentioned there the Women's Super League and what what a win by Chelsea to win the league by a point. And they were they were 2-1 down away to United um, at halftime in, in that final game before winning 4-2. So United, you know, we talk about equality in football and the men's and women's game. Well, both United teams managed to ship four goals this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about something more important than that, yeah? <laughs> what about what about Champions League and Europa <clears throat> Conference? If you can think about conference, I can't most of the time. But uh, I might have to start thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, we will. <laughs> As a Man United fan, I, I'm not. I, I said quite a few weeks ago. Now I wasn't sure. <clears throat> wasn't sure United would win another league game this season. And and actually, in some ways, if they went in Europe at all. That might mm. be quite a good thing because it's a completely <laughs> blank sheet of paper that mm. Eric will have. But Champions League, what's your thinking there now? Um, so it looks pretty rosy for Arsenal, and I've seen a lot of um, a lot of things going around of how they're one win away from uh, Champions League qualification, and I just don't see it that way at all. I still make Tottenham favourites because I think Tottenham are going to win every game from here. It's um, not going to be a St. Totterington day this I don't, year. I don't, I don't, just don't see them losing. I mean, number one, I think the way that Spurs are playing at the moment, I actually think they could really do a number on Arsenal. Um, and especially with it being at their place, um, I think they're both quite evenly matched teams. But just the way the, the, the form Spurs are carrying, the way they played against um, Liverpool... And being a couple that with being at home, I just think they they do do a number on Arsenal, and then they've got I think it's Norwich and Burnley as their last two games, yeah, um, mm. and uh, like Norwich is I mean gives them the three points now, although it would be very Spursy to lose it to them, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but and then Burnley obviously left down there fighting for their lives, but I just I just think Spurs will have too much for them, and then what that means is Arsenal were uh, scrapping for points against. I think it's Newcastle away and then Everton who are also scrapping for their lives. Um, and I wonder if they'll win both of those under so much pressure. So I sort of still make Spurs favourites. They're probably not favourites. Um, but in my head, I, I'm i backing them to, to nip in and pinch it. Mm-hmm. I would fancy um, Arsenal to pick up three against Newcastle. I think Newcastle are on the beach already now. You know, potentially. They're, they're, they're mathematically safe. Um, yeah. So, yeah, on, on the beach or... Uh, it, on the in the sand dunes in Saudi, I'm not sure which, but Billy <laughs> uh, Champions League uh, final. Um, mm. What what's you thinking there? Is it obvious what's going to happen? I don't think so. Um, 
Real Madrid have been absolutely fascinating this year. I feel like they've played well for about 10 minutes of the whole competition. Um, okay. Like let's let's not forget that was it they lost to that uh, sheriff team in the groups or something. Oh yeah, they did. They, did. Um, they scraped through the group and they've they've like they've somehow found a way to win against every team they've come up against. I think I like they were good. They were good against Chelsea for about a half, um, and when and obviously City they just left it until it was like virtually stoppage time in the second leg. And well, they were never in front, were they? I don't think until no. till that point, until extra time. So, as much as I believe Liverpool to probably be the best team out of the two, I just I can't write off Real Madrid at all. I, I genuinely think like flip a coin for that one. Um, I, I if I if you really pushed me to pick one of them, I would pick Liverpool. Um, but yeah, I, you just Real Madrid have proved time and time again that they can just pluck a goal or two out of absolutely nowhere, and, that and you just can't goals. write them off. I mean, you know, they were de- dead and buried in that semi final against City in mm-hmm. terms of where the tie was, and then you know, yeah, all right, you could argue. I, I know we've talked about it before, and you could argue about tactically, did Pep get it wrong in terms of taking mm. off some of his key players but at that point you know when you're you're cruising through and then to to hit back with those late goals um you the, know the I, incredible I, part of it the incredible part of it was they they could have won it before it got to extra time edison made an unbelievable like a really good save right well, at the end and that would have been what f- three goals in six minutes or something mm, like yeah. that's that's the the danger and that that liverpool face and i just as as much as i do believe they're the better team on a, in a one-off game in a neutral stadium, like they could get, they could come undone so easily, so easily. So, so Tony, where's where's your support for the two teams in Paris? You've got <laughs> Liverpool playing Real Madrid. Um, I, Real Madrid. I, I'm assuming you'll be uh, Spanish for the day. <laughs> Real Madrid. Yeah, I hope they lose Chelsea in the FA Cup final. Yeah, and I want City to win the league. Yeah, if it comes down, I don't want either of them to win the league, but. If it comes down to City. So, um, yeah, and I hope they lose the other two. And the idea that they were going to get a quadruple, yeah, is is diminishing by the day. So I'm, I, and I, I'm with you, Billy, in, in terms of Real Madrid, that one of the things I wouldn't have ever given them is a kind of fighting spirit label. Mm. But they don't know when they're beaten. I don't know what it is about them. But, you know, um, so... Yeah. That's a surprising factor, and it's not to be discounted come the moment. So, but anyway, I want them to win definitely. <laughs> so, and, yeah. and it's going to be a great final. It's cl- absolutely classic in terms of like the Should. lineup. Like, if you were going to pick two of like the best teams in Champions League history, you couldn't pick two better. Really, sorry to say it, Tony, but you couldn't. <laughs> I mean, you're right in terms of you know the num- number of titles mm. they've won between them over the years. You know, a lot of people forget that it was the European Cup before the Champions League. You know, football did exist before Champions <laughs> League and Premier League. Um, and, you know, Liverpool have got the history and the pedigree, as have Real, um, you know, bo- both historic and and recent. What about the Europa League then, Bill? Mm. You know, with, uh, is it Rangers into the, into the final yeah, there for the yeah. first time since their defeat at Manchester in 2008? Mm. What an amazing achievement for them to get all that way. I think, um, like, they 
they obviously qualified for like the Champions League qualifiers um, and couldn't quite make it through there. But what they've done since, just fantastic. And what what an occasion that was um, last week uh, where they got the win. I mean, the atmosphere there was absolutely rocking. Um, and yeah, absolutely fantastic. Um, and them and Frankfurt both playing in sort of finals for the first time in a long time. I think it's it's almost double the amount of time for Frankfurt. I think it's like 33, 34 years. Um, yeah. But what a, what a fantastic final. What a great sort of... A lot of people sort of uh, look down upon the Europa League. Um, but that and the conference this year, I think, have been like fantastic competitions. And I really hope like it goes some way to sort of bringing up the prestige of those competitions a little bit because it's a privilege to play in Europe. And there's so many teams out there that would like die to be among among that and what I love is that the two teams that have really like turned up given it they're all the fans have been fully into it I don't know if you saw the Frankfurt fans at West Ham they were absolutely brilliant as well mm. um, and, and just brilliant that they've both got to the final I think that's going to be an absolute carnival atmosphere um, and also will be a brilliant final so looking well, forward to I, it. I, I was working in Manchester in 2008 when Rangers were playing uh, St Petersburg in, in that game and it was oh, wow. nuts. The, ap- mm. ap- the city centre was absolutely invaded. Every off-licence corner shop, uh, Tesco and supermarket and everything was just completely sold out of uh, any alcohol. And the Rangers fans were having an absolute party in like Piccadilly Gardens and everything. It was it was nuts. You could not move. Um, but the atmosphere was superb, um, you know, talk about trying to get out of the city at any point that that we get was just it was just crazy to try and do but uh yeah an an amazing atmosphere so if it's if it's half as good as that it it will be brilliant as you say probably be double that if the frankfurt fans Mm. bring the same sort of approach and celebrations and then in terms of the conference um is that jose gonna manage to uh to, to to take you know be the first manager to take all the different European titles? Yeah, the first attempt potentially. Um I like I quite like his Roma team and I like I've absolutely loved seeing Tammy Abraham do his thing over there. So I'd very much like to see him uh, produce it in a final as well. That'd be great to see. Um because England need a backup to Harry Kane and he uh he looks like to be the man at the moment so I'd love to see him produce it in a final. Um and yeah like it would be peak peak Jose to uh to, to complete that and then like go on about it as if everyone's had the chance to do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, can totally, can totally see that happen. I mean, Fine Order, a great team um, as well. Uh, so that, again, I mean, they're going to, that is, it's three really good finals and I I'm, can't wait to watch all three of them. Uh, but I do make Roma favourites in that one. Uh, I don't think it'll be a classic. Uh, what with the way Jose will set them up. Um, can imagine like a one or two a one nil or a two one or something but uh i do make them favorites yeah mm-hmm. excellent and, and finally uh on items to cover that i'd got anyway was golden boot mm. any further thoughts on that because we swayed away from well there's there's an outsider coming up on the outside isn't isn't there um uh hyung min sun all of a sudden he's like, i think he's only two behind now Um, and scoring at a rate of knots, and as everyone keeps pointing out, no penalties, because penalties don't count, apparently. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's got 20 goals without penalties, which uh, is, is actually pretty impressive. And he, apparently he's like broken the record for most goals scored with the weaker foot as well, which I, don't, I didn't know people were counting that, but equally quite impressive. Uh, and yeah, if, if Spurs are going to do what I think they might, I'm sure there'll be there'll be a couple more goals in there for him. So potentially, uh, potentially he gets there. That will be an interesting one. We haven't really, mm. I don't think really discussed him. We we hadn't right, mentioned him all. at all, had we? Not you know, all. earlier on in the season, he's he's come right up on the rail. Mm. Billy, just an aside, just before we conclude here, that an interesting thing that we've definitely touched upon is this Chelsea ownership situation. Have you any thoughts mm. on? Um, well, it looks done, doesn't it? All of a sudden. Um, it, and do you know what? I, I always thought it would be fair, a fairly sort of stress-free process and that they wouldn't be that affected by it. I mean, it does seem to have affected them on the pitch. Um, but in terms of like what's to come in the summer and, and whether they'll be able to buy players and stuff, I, I imagine all this will be like sort of sewn up by then. Um so, yeah, I, I, it's been a it's been a, a crazy time, and I do think they've I do think they've probably lost a few players. I know Rudiger's going and Christensen's going, um, so they've lost a little bit. Um, but I don't think it's going to damage them too much mid to mid to long term, to be honest. Um, but yeah, and then what about the the sort of thing that hit the press last week was very much around. Um, is it David Dean at Arsenal talking about the fact that the government should take some of that money that had been earmarked mm. for Ukraine and invest it into grassroots football in England? Um, thoughts on that or comments? It's hard. It's so hard. It's such a it's such a mess of uh, like the whole situation is such a mess um, and. I'm sure there's a hell of a lot of opinions. I'm not really on Twitter anymore. I'm sure there's a hell of a lot of opinions out there. And I, I mean, I couldn't tell you what the right thing to do is, to be honest. The right thing to do would probably be about 20, 30 years ago, have a, have a proper fit and persons, uh, a fit and proper persons test and make sure that the ownership of football clubs doesn't fall into certain people's hands. But we're way past that now. Um, so I, I really don't know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that 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 stable board, stable door yeah. is uh, yeah, the horse is well and truly bolted. <laughs> Long since gone. So uh, yeah, brilliant, Billy. Thank you very much for joining us again tonight. And it couldn't have been a better time, could it? Obviously, we reflect eventually on the season, looking back and looking mm. forward to Christmas time <laughs> and World Yeah, God, yeah. God. All that. Another, another weird one. <laughs> another, another weird one, but we appreciate your time again tonight, Andy. Yeah, no, thanks ever so much, mate, for uh, for for sharing your thoughts and ideas with us. And uh, yeah, let's see what happens over the next couple of weeks as we get into that uh, the final couple of games and whether Liverpool can claw it back. That'll be much to Tony's disgust. And uh, who ends up securing both Champions League places? by that fourth place and who ends up securing Premier League safety for another year um, by avoiding the trapdoor. I will say now, which is probably the kiss of death to either Burnley or Everton, my money is firmly on Leeds now. So, right. Yeah. Well, but- kiss of death to Burnley or Everton there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Excellent. Cheers, Billy. Always a pleasure, guys. Cheers. Cheers, Bob.
Right. Excellent. And so much there that is so pertinent and, and timely for Billy to be talking about because it is all coming at us in the next 10 uh, uh, to 14 days. Exciting, exciting times and some great thoughts from Billy uh, as ever. So two great guests tonight again. We're coming to a conclusion, but, you know, with Sarah early on in such a pertinent week, Mental Awareness Week, um, and obviously Billy at this great time in terms of football brings really this, this episode to a close. Uh, and we always do say, make sure you're with us next week because it's important to us to get your feedback for you to be there with us and to tell other people as well. But we enjoy what we're doing and spread the word. We love the idea that even more people can come to Null and Void. Look out for you next week. Make sure you're there. Thanks a lot, folks. Uh, we'll see you all next week at a time and place that suits you. So cheerio. Bye. Null and Void with Tony Grundy and Andy Callahan. Together, they don't add up to much. If you have a sports story, you can contact the team on nandv at forthenow.co.uk. 